Welcome to the Ink and Soul podcast, created by Rachel Kong, inspired by indelible ink writers. I'm Lamar Gibbs, content creator and writer, and I'm joined with my co-host, Mia Arrington. I'm a writer, mom, and licensed social worker, and we're so glad to have you tuning in for a soulful conversation on creativity. We'll speak some life into your words and speak some words into your life. And you will change more curious, more courageous, and more compelled to cultivate a life of creativity. In this episode, we are honored to be interviewing Stephanie Duncan Smith, who is a senior editor at Baker Books, where she takes great joy in coaching and championing authors to bring the best out of their message. Today, we'll be discussing an interesting topic about creative listening. Before we begin, welcome, Stephanie. It really is such a pleasure to have you on the Ink and Soul podcast. Can you tell our community a bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I am I'm a, maybe best described as a reader first, uh, a writer, certainly myself, um, and an editor by trade. So I am really working with words all the time and so um, honored to be able to do that. Uh, I work at, I'm on the Baker Books editorial team where I was so happy to join um, a few months ago in the spring. And um, I've spent uh, about 12 years in the publishing industry, primarily in book publishing, but also magazine and digital media as well. Um, what else should I share? First of all, that's exciting. Congratulations <laughs> on being um, senior editor. I did see that on your Instagram. I was like, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so go ahead, Lamar. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, no, 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 it's okay. Like, yeah, um, you know, what really stood out to me. Um, and, and you can feel free to add anything else that you would want, uh, Stephanie. But you really started to me that you said you're a reader first. And yes. uh, one, I love reading. So that's that's great. But like, it just stands out to me because, you know, it's, it's you're not um, just solely focused on, you know, what you write or what you produce. It's about, you know, you reading the works of others um, and how inspirational that can be. And I think that like, you know, helps a lot into the editing that you do and, um, you know, being the senior editor, um, that would make sense that you would love to read first uh, because you have to read so many other works. And so, you know, I just want to know how and why did you get into publishing, more specifically book publishing? Sure. Um, well, I think like a lot of readers, um, well, I won't generalize. I'll speak for myself. I was really interested in, um, in, studying English literature and or communications going into that field in college. And um, I was so fortunate to have a one of my professors um, in my communications department make a recommendation to me. And he said, you really need to get an internship at the publishing house um, literally across the street. Oh, <laughs> so. Wow uh i i thought that's a good idea thank you so um so i put my name in the hat for an internship and 
it was a great place to get my feet wet um, and and just learn the ins and outs, like really just sit in the room uh, where decisions are being made and um, club boards are happening and proposals are being reviewed and titles are being finalized and listen and learn and soak it in, soak it all in by osmosis. Um, and so that was a great introduction. And um, I will say I, I was really, I, I started in the publicity department because that was where internships were available. I was hoping to be an editorial, but I'm really, really glad that I started in a different corner of the publishing process because, mm. um, especially PR, because my job was to pitch media and to distill the strongest, boldest punchline of the book mm. and use that to pitch to media to secure um, coverage. And it was a, it became a puzzle to really get to the guts of every single book message and say, what do we lead with to um, really earn people's attention. And I think those are, I, I can't really think of better skills to bring into the editorial process to be able to parse out what is it, what is it that I'm really trying to say and how do I lead with that? Um, so it's been really fun for me to bring that kind of puzzle making, um, skill into the editorial process and almost reverse engineer and think, okay, how, what is, how do we get to the guts of this message? How do we lead with that from the very beginning of the manuscript development? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, and I mean, if internships are one way to do it, but um, it's amazing what you can learn just kind of even listening into, there's so many uh, publishing conversations out there, like, you know, po yeah, podcasts or um, resources, and just to listen and, and learn to see how people um, got their own start. But that was it for me. Wow. You gave That's... us so many good, <laughs> exactly. so much good nuggets right now. Go ahead, Lamar. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy that you mentioned the nuggets because that, that publicity thing, um, that, that was really surprising to hear that that was the way of getting into it. And it's just so interesting because like it can really help, you know, and for me, I have to think about, you know, me working on long term, <laughs> working on uh, my own book and, and I can see how much of an impact that that would have of being able to, you know, find the right phrasing, to find the right um, type of quote, um, the right, the, the, what, what purpose that you're going for um, in trying to, you know, really explain and express about your book. Um, and it, it just leads me into, into thinking about uh, what I just saw recently um, on your page uh, back in June that you uh, received the, uh, the Frederick um, Beekner Award for Excellence in Writing. And just you mentioning about the publicity, um, working in that and getting experience in that, um, it really shows to me um, why you would receive an award like that. And, and I just want to take the time, uh, me and I, I just want to take the time to honor you uh, mm -hmm. for receiving that award um, and being able to serve writers for all, all these years that you've worked with them. Um, so congratulations. 
Yes, thank congratulations. You. Thank you. I just say just in a little snippet that I've heard you discuss, I'm like, I can understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, because that intentional intentionality shines through, right? And so first, can we give kudos to the professor um, <laughs> who called you out and encouraged you to kind of step? Maybe it sounds like to me, maybe outside of what you were thinking or wanting to initially do, um, and open up this whole new world, right? Of possibility. And And I, what stood out to me is hearing you say, you know, um, you really had to just sit in the room, um, be observant, listen, learn, and kind of soak it all in. What a beautiful outlook and way to really, I feel like just look at life too, because there's so much that we're learning, right? Um, And to be able to be challenged and to grow, and then to kind of hear you morph that into, you know, that puzzle to get to the gut of the message. I'm just like, wow, Stephanie, that's amazing, you know, and it's, I I love this part that you just said to earn people's attention. Mm. What a beautiful way to put it that when you're getting a message across, it's you're inviting someone, you're earning Mm. it. It's not um, coming in expecting that you're automatically going to get their attention. Right, right. right. Um, But it's honoring them. And I think that's just so beautiful, honestly. Um, and I'm just like, okay, I, I hear that writer in you. Everything of what you're saying, I'm just like, I hear that writer in you. How has developing um, the writing and work of others helped cultivate your own creativity? Hmm, uh, that's a great question. Um, wow, I can take that so many different directions. <laughs> take um, it wherever you want to go. <laughs> I think first playing off of your comment about earning a reader's attention mm-hmm. uh, that that is so much of my job as an editor mm-hmm. it's it's understanding what is going to earn this book's this author's reader's attention mm-hmm. and um, and as an editor you know people in in editorial roles at publishing houses, we don't, we don't have a lot of time. So, mm-hmm. and we receive so many proposals. Mm-hmm. So I really am hunting for a spark, something to really grab me when I start reading immediately. And as a reader, I don't want to have to work for that. I don't want to have to work really hard to track with the writer and understand where they're going. It's either, has this captivated my attention? Do I wanna keep reading or am I not engaged by this? So I think reading and working with writers has formed me very much in the way of how are we going to earn and hold that reader's attention? And um, not to, you know, those words are tricky because I don't, I don't want to, I certainly don't want to gamify it. It's not a game. I don't, and I don't want to turn it into a meritocracy um, Mm -hmm. too much, but I do think there's something there. So me, I'm hoping to nuance that a little bit, but I I think there's something to be said for just human to human when you're sitting with someone and they're telling you a story, are you engaged? Or are they kind of going on and on about details that 
you don't even really follow that don't connect to you. <laughs> um, that's good. That's, that's very honest because it's yeah. true. We're kind of, uh, as humans, we're going through information and, and really sifting through it. So I, I understand sure. what you're saying. Yeah. And, and so kind of putting on, putting myself in the shoes constantly of the reader to assess, am I, am I, am I listening? Is this reader listening or are they tuning out? Um, so those are, I've learned so much from that. Um, I think I carry that into my own work and writing to really think well about what is going to meet a reader where they are and engage them where they are and then take them on a journey. Yeah. So how has that helped you and then in your creativity? Because that's interesting. I'm right now I'm, I'm hearing this. I'm just like, I, you, it's, I'm wondering even for our audience as they listen tonight, right. Um, that there's just so much nuance and process behind the scenes <laughs> that we don't really even think about. So I just appreciate your perspective um, about this because I'm like, oh, that, that makes sense that you're really right. trying to um, help also while you're saying earning the reader's trust, you're also trying to help them understand, okay, this is a one shot. Like, and I, I work for, um, I'm a, a licensed social worker. And so I was part of a pathways to leadership program a couple of years ago. And one of the things that they taught us is what's your elevator speech. Mm -hmm. So, and we had to present in front of a whole group for our company <laughs> and share, <laughs> if you only have two minutes, what is your elevator speech to gain mm -hmm. the audience of your VP or your CEO mm -hmm. um, about how to make a situation better in your department or for your members or for who you're serving, right? And so that's kind of what in my mind translates to the heart of of the story of this book that it's it's a sacred role as an editor that you are mm -hmm. being entrusted with someone's work as well to kind of help them see that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And the it the elevator pitch is so tough. And if I could speak an encouraging word to writers, I would also say, I don't know very many writers who have the sort of like cartoonish caricature version of waking up with this brilliant idea or like that classic light bulb moment. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think you have to really go digging for what, the language that I use for that is the slant um, based right. on Emily Dickinson's call to tell it slant. And, mm -hmm. and to me, that's just the, the if, if you're writing slant, if you're telling it slant, it's, it's off the beaten path. So it no. gets your attention and mm -hmm. it, it's kind of putting a twist on the conventional. Um, I don't, I, I think that takes work. I really don't know. I don't know very many writers who just kind of have this wake up moment where they realize, oh my gosh, this is it. That's, right. that's, yeah. like, that's just a myth. Really, in reality, it takes just sweat equity and work. Hmm. Um, so I, I, I hope I can just say that to anyone. I mean, writers or creatives, anybody who's in this creative process, just to say, if you're in the thick of it and you have a whole bunch of like, half finished 
sketches and thoughts and you're sitting there scratching your head going what I don't even know what I'm trying to say mm. then you're, you're doing it right and and if you keep at it you'll find it it just it it takes work to really chisel down to yeah. what is how are you putting this unique unique slant on what you have to say that's yes. so encouraging I, I'm so glad you said that I'm so glad no that's okay it's okay I'm excited right now because just by you saying that like I can personally testify like Mm -hmm. over the past six years since I've started um, what is called what I call thoughts of redemption it's it's a platform about uh, you know Christ and mental health and um, even me speaking mental health at the end of that sentence just now that was a whole process when Mm -hmm. I first started it was centered around just God sanctifying or transforming our our thought lives and then it expanded into mental health and you know that whole elevator pitch thing I didn't have everything um um, that I wanted to say about thoughts of redemption out when I first started in 2014 that came over time that came over Mm -hmm. writing and writing blog posts and 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 then having a pieces of blog posts written out and then coming back to it months later and being able to finish it Mm -hmm. and and even in the book process you know I'm still formulating my, my chapters and you know you know paragraphs and 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 even now it's been such a long period of time in, in working on the book so just what stephanie said just like you said stephanie um you know that is so encouraging to me and i'm, I'm sure it'll be encouraging to anybody that's that's listening um because that, that's what creativity is about I agree. And I was just going to say, it was so funny because um, I remember day one, they told us about the elevator speech and I said, oh Lord, I'm terrible at elevator speeches. And I graduated from the program and I still felt like I didn't know what my elevator speech was, Mm -hmm. but they really helped me to kind of hone it down and kind of help ask more questions and really get into the process because um, I work with children um, in foster care specifically and I grew up in foster care and so I was just like oh I have this idea of of a fostered love and I have a website and all this and then to hear you say I'm like there's this whole process I was like oh that is so um redeeming and encouraging because sometimes when you're like I don't have the full picture of this I don't know where it's supposed to go just yet but having these conversations and what I'm hoping for our listener is that our listeners is that they hear and see wait if they're stuck in that process of hey there's still hope there's still encouragement keep at it you know um and it's part of of that process yeah absolutely exactly yeah, and, and I want to, you know, piggyback on to what you were saying earlier about earning the reader's trust, you know, and, and I know that it can be taken in a different way, which is why you mentioned, you know, not wanting it to be a gamification type of thing, because it can very quickly go into that. Um, and so, you know, it just leads me to ask, you know, in a recent Instagram post, you wrote that creativity is inherently open, free flowing, curious about possibilities enough to keep going despite the challenges of resistance. If you're feeling external pressures to create more than the inner fire to express what you must, this may be a dark amused calling and you don't have to answer. Uh, tell us a little bit more about this, uh, particularly the part about not listening and responding to the dark amused. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to recall if I can what I was thinking about 
when I read that or, or what prompted it for me to help inform this. But I, I think I was reflecting on the contrast between art of any form that's created out of a place of scarcity and mm -hmm. art that is created out of a place of curiosity and open-handed exploration and interest. Yes, I do remember seeing that. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was that. Yeah, and I, I think there's just a, there's a, you can tell, you can tell a difference as someone mm -hmm. who's experiencing that art after it's been created. Um, and I, and I also think, you know, the pressures, um, the pressure to produce is very real, especially in our kind of feed the algorithm era. Um, if you want a book deal or you want a, you know, pick your milestone or, um, or your personal goal, mm -hmm. then you, you have to be producing. And so those pressures are very real and I want to be empathetic to that. Yeah. But I, I also think no one wants to create out of that space. Um, and thinking back to some of your earlier comments about the process and the importance of the process, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think we can get so hung up on the end product that we, it completely derails the process. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't have to be that way. And maybe, some of the things that get in the way, I, I think some of these like creative holds, holding patterns that we find ourselves in, they come from looking at other quote unquote producers or creatives around us and getting paralyzed by this fear that we're never gonna be that. And um, there's, a, there's a false illusion there too though, because if you're looking at what other writers, creatives are, if you're looking at their output, you're looking at their final cut. Right. <laughs> you're, not, you're, not, mm -hmm. you're not seeing their process at all. Right. And mm -hmm. as it turns out, I can put money on the fact that they were right where you are feeling mm -hmm. stuck and paralyzed. And is it any good? And is it ever going to be, are you ever going to be able to express everything you hope to in the way that you hope? Um, because that is just part of the process. So we have, I think we just, I think we get hung up and held down by this illusion that somehow our rough drafts even have to be held to this extremely high standard. And that is so it, good, it, Stephanie. Putting, putting more priority on the end product than the mm. process, and it's it's becoming a little bit a little bit of a cliche, and I resent that. But I really do personally put so much stock in this idea of trusting the process because mm -hmm. what else can you do? Um, right. And it, it complicates our creative output when we expect ourselves to 
only put forth the most polished version of what we have to say through the rough cuts. That just doesn't even make any sense. So it, it's all unconscious. We all do it. Mm-hmm. It's unconscious, but it, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe one, I mean, one thing that can help is just a starter is if you're feeling those pressures, just get offline already. Mm-hmm. Just don't, you don't need it. It's right. not helping you. Um, yeah. Just get quiet and, and recalibrate and give yourself that space to get into the flow um, because you're not going to find the flow that you're looking for in what other people are doing around you. You mm-hmm. just have right. to keep quiet. Right. And like you said, um, in another post, you said, trust the process. By I was putting just going to say that, Lamar. <laughs> Come on. No, that's good. It's true. I love that. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm fine. <laughs> No, I love that you edited that in pencil. I was like, oh my goodness. Can we talk about the fact that I am a recovering perfectionist, right? I even have uh, something, I have like this inspiration wall. And one of the things on there is progress, not Mm. perfection, um, because you really hit on the point of you. We expect our rough drafts to be that polished, finished piece, right? When really there's a lot of edits that happen. Um, And I will say, I think being part of the Indelible Ink community, um, for me personally, it's given me such, um, I see editing in such a different light and there's such beauty because there are people showing up bravely and sharing their process, sharing, hey, we did this prompt, you know, let me know what you think. And it's what's coming out. Right. And it's been so amazing to kind of see people wrestle through and work through a new process and then posting about it and how encouraging, um, everyone has been. And so I think that that's a big piece. Um, and you actually kind of, you know, kind of alluded to and already spoke about it. If you're going down that trail of that comparison trap and, and you're so speaking to me because I am like, I was just like, someone else is already doing this. What am I adding to the table? What am I bringing? Right. And the only way that I have, I can start again is by shutting it off. And if I don't do that, then I'm like, oh my goodness, like that whole rabbit trail goes down. Right. Um, so I, just have a question um, for you and maybe, I mean, you, you already started talking about it before, but how does one practically, you know, not listen to that darker muse and would that look like say filling up on things that would fuel better impulses? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, like I said, it starts with getting offline, but, but beyond that, I might even take it further and say, if you're in a, if you're stuck, if you're stuck in your craft, if you're stuck in your process, um, maybe just put it down altogether <laughs> for a few. And something that always helps me, I'm sure there are neuroscientists who could back me up on this. I'll have to do some more research, but something that always helps me is getting tangible like with my hands instead if I feel Mm -hmm. stuck on a draft or something I'm editing 
um, nothing, there's no cure like getting out the cutting board and chopping up some vegetables mm -hmm. <laughs> um, or mm -hmm. taking a shower or taking a walk, um, mm -hmm. giving yourself some air, like just put it down. And, and mm. I, I think this is where I need to do some more research, but I have read lightly about how the brain continues to, the brain just loves to solve problems. Mm -hmm. So even when you're not actively trying to work something out, your brain is working it out for you. Mm. So just to even have that mindset that you can walk away from what you're working on Mm -hmm. and come back to it fresh like give yourself the gift of coming back fresh mm -hmm. and also as you step away you can trust that your your brain is continuing to kind of turn the rock tumbler on your ideas mm -hmm. so it's not giving up it's not throwing in the towel to say I need a little break right now and I mean, maybe a break is 15 minutes. Maybe a break is a couple days. Maybe it's a couple months. Um, mm. I, you know, it, it, I don't think there's a one size fits all there, but giving yourself some space can really help. Um, it mm. just, just to give yourself some perspective and you can only do that by stepping away. So I, I think that's one thing. And another is just getting really honest with yourself about what is freaking you out you know what is it that's spooking you um where are you feeling those pressures to get it just right and because because here's the thing I think I think I mean writing to pick one discipline is agony <laughs> ask any writer mm, wow. I'm so glad you're saying that yes. <laughs> It, yeah. it will mess with you on a soul level. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know anyone who gets into writing um, without that kind of like first love, beautiful honeymoon stage. You're, you get into it because you're curious and you're, mm -hmm. you're energized and like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I'm so excited mm -hmm. to explore this or these ideas are just like brimming up inside of me. I have got mm -hmm. to get this down, get this mm -hmm. out. Right. I mean, that, that's where it starts. And then later it gets into agony. But, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, so um, true. The honesty. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can just take a beat and get honest about what is that agony for you, mm -hmm. um, like get curious about yourself. And then, maybe consider the question, what is it that would reopen that energy that you started with? Um, what do you need to do to get back there? Um, and I don't, I mean, I, I'm just posing those as questions because I think responses are gonna look different for all of us, but I think there's a lot of benefit in asking yourself, why did I start this project to begin with? What was I, what was I so passionate about? And then just trying to kind of reacquaint yourself with that. Mm -hmm. 
I want you to know, Stephanie, I'm taking notes as you're sharing. (laughs) And I'm like, this is so good. No, really, this is just, um, you know, it's, I think I keep using the word encouraging and you actually, um, you kind of really do such an uh, an amazing job at being honest about the process. And I imagine, you know, our community, you know, uh, people who are yet to join Indelible Ink writers, that it gets to be the safe space to say, hey, um, this is normal. Like, this is part of the process. And no, you don't have to have it all together. And just that that part too, I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's science behind it too, of mm-hmm. pausing and walking away and what it does to your brain to re-energize, to come back. And yeah. even, uh, you know, it's conversations like these two that I'm like, wow, this is so powerful because it's connecting pieces for myself for things that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's just that beauty of seeing how here you've been in the editing process for how many years and publishing, and there's so much insight to be, um, to be received and shared from people who have been in the process for a long time versus those who are just beginning. And I just love that community piece that we can learn from each other in that. Um, and just to be able to provide that to, um, the person like listening to this tonight. Yeah. So, so life-giving and everyone thinks it's always just them and it never it's never mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I love that you create that space that's huge for writers yes, yes. I would agree and that's why I, I love I love that space as well because you can actually be in the space to say you know I'm struggling right now to actually get these thoughts out um and every writer has been through it I can I can testify that I've been through it it's like it, the words are just not coming um you know you can sit down one day and write a sentence and you either get distracted or you just feel like it's just not coming to you and you really have, you really do have to step away it's true um and so yeah thank you for sharing you just the dark moments um you know but I want to ask you as of right now what's inspiring your ink you know is, are there anything that you know you're looking at you're seeing or works that you're working on um that could actually be inspiring you hmm. yeah if I had to put a I'll answer by way of a catch-all <laughs> um, because this could spin out in different directions. But sure. right now, I'm really interested in exploring um, tensions or polarities. And um, that's in part, that, that's on every level. I think um, just for one example, uh, my husband and I, became new parents just before Christmas to our daughter. Congratulations. Thank you. And um, in so much of my reading about uh, motherhood in particular, um, I have just witnessed again and again and again and again this repeated theme of the polarities of this experience. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so much of like, I would die for my child. And also I would die to have 30 minutes alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's just like the highs and lows and the polar extremes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's just been interesting to observe this as such a common refrain 
um, in that field, but also, I mean, for, for writers too. And it's, you absolutely love what you're working on. And then the next day you're like, this is garbage. <laughs> um, why was I into this? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's just, um, and then when the, in the pandemic, you know, there's um, these, these polarities of, mm -hmm. I mean, life, life is continuing on for all of us in all of its best and worst ways um, mm -hmm. against the backdrop of this really intense time. Um, yeah. So I, I've been interested in exploring what, how are we shaped through the tensions that we experience in our lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and also because I'm a sucker for nuance and I don't <laughs> like either ors, I like both ands. Um, yeah, but if, same. If you, if you live with if you live with both ends, you better be prepared to experience a lot of uh, unresolvable tension. Yes. So I um, that's inspiring me. I'm curious about that. And um, at the moment, though, I I do think I think this is true in all of these realms um, that you get to decide who you want to be in the middle of those tensions. Mm -hmm. um, and and also whatever you're experiencing, uh, whatever both and you're experiencing, there's no there's no like mastering that once and for all. Mm -hmm. It's it's an ongoing mm -hmm. ongoing. How do I hold these two things in both hands mm -hmm. and not fall apart? Um, so there, that's a lot. I don't even know if that makes sense, but those are my makes Those total sense <laughs> i like it because it's removing that idea of putting things in a box that it needs to fit and look in this specific certain way and it allows you to come to the table to say wait a second like i feel this and this is what's happening and yep. how do we navigate in this and um i think that's just that's honest that's i don't know anyone who does not experience or feel that and the one thing as you're talking I was just like how freeing it is to be able to vocalize that um and it kind of removes that shame you know that sometimes can creep in um that why am I wrestling with both of these like polarities why is it not just one or the other mm -hmm. and that guilt that can sometimes creep in and you're like oh no <laughs> you know and it just gives you the freedom to be human and to wrestle and walk through sure so yeah. i just i appreciate it yeah um thanks for listening <laughs> absolutely thanks for sharing honestly yes please yeah thank you really i mean i i want to say i'm like we lamar and i have really enjoyed the privilege of of being able to be a part of this process and um just even getting to meet you um through a podcast stephanie um we just so thank you for joining us, honestly, um, yes. and for just providing our listeners with some um, ideas, some tips on creative listening and, and um, really encouraging them in the process and letting them, normalizing it and saying, you know, we have... Mm -hmm 
all been there, the whole spectrum of the creative uh, process. And so uh, we love to end this night with this question and it's kind of become our, our question for our interviewees. Um, lately, can you tell us what's been soothing your creative soul this season or you know, what's informing or shaping or restoring your soul these days? That's good. I would love, I would love all of your guests' answers on that question. So I'm gonna have to listen. So I <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, one thing that comes to mind is um, where I live in Pennsylvania. Hmm. Our home is just a couple of blocks from the Susquehanna River, and it's been such a gift over the past year, which is as long as we've lived here, um, to go for walks. Mm. So just, you know, get a little river walk in. Um, and I've, I've just found it so peaceful. And uh, I can think of many times when, you know, something, some situation, erupted my piece and I had I was like I need an emergency river walk right now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just coming back with a whole new um new mindset and, and yes. way of being and and also again to let those ideas keep percolating um and you know when I walk I I'll listen to music um I'll listen to music but I I won't I don't listen to books or podcasts because I want my my brain to be able to go where it wants to go so mm -hmm. it's been a a good practice to um yeah very grounding practice and mm -hmm. kind of a all seasons practice too so I'm <laughs> keep that going <laughs> That's good. I, so it's so funny because when we have actually a similar area near where I live um, with my husband and um, I will listen to nothing. Like I listen to the nature and the water and, okay. and my husband is like, how? And then like he loves <laughs> nature and being outside. And so he's like, no, I always forget until we get out here, like how beautiful and how yeah needed this is to step away because we live in a city we live in the biggest city in New Jersey and so sometimes that noise can be loud and overcrowding in the mind and you know you're just you're functioning you're living in everyday life and and um taking that moment to step away and to kind of silence those and let like you said whatever comes comes and that's so beautiful yeah absolutely and I've discovered that as well um just really being able to take time um, just being by the water, it's, it's very soothing, um, being out by nature, uh, my fiance soon to be wife by the time this comes out, <laughs> um, really has been in love with nature and us just being able to go to parks or, you know, go by the water. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's really been encouraging. Um, so Stephanie, we, we thank you so much for just taking the time to be with us again. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, we just want you give you we just want to give you an opportunity um to let the listeners know where we can find you how do we follow all of the work you're doing anything else that you want to share thank you yeah uh the best place to find me is at uh, my website which is plantletter.com 
and um, this is where you can subscribe. I have a sort of pop-up newsletter for uh, creatives who are looking to, yeah, find that encouragement for the process, um, who care about craft and also soul care throughout the agonies of the craft. <laughs> um, so uh, Slant Letter and then um, my socials are on there too. And um, I am always so thrilled to connect with writers. I think these conversations are so important and um, just wish wish all the best to all the listeners in in your in the thick of your own process, whatever that looks like. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, and really, I for me, I would say personally, I'll speak for myself. Um, I, I really did take a lot of notes from our interview. So I just thank you for showing up with your honesty. And like I said, so much of it was very freeing. And so I can't wait to hear the feedback from our listeners um, from tonight's podcast. Thanks for letting us speak life into your words and speak words into your life. Check back in with us next week for another conversation. And if you're on Instagram, tell us about your work and tag us at hashtag indelible ink writers. We can't wait to see what um, you're up to and just share all that you're up to as well. In the space between now and next time, create from your soul and for your soul.